This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning and welcome to Resource Centre. This is Audrey Raj. Now, have you ever purchased a product or service because it was recommended by an influencer or a celebrity? Well, if you have, then you are part of the 80% of consumers in Southeast Asia that made purchases due to an influencer recommendation. And there's no shame in this. More than 90% of online shoppers in Southeast Asia today actively follow influencers online. And these influencers are apparently holding more sway across the region compared to your regular celebrities. Now, while influencer marketing has been part of e-commerce marketing for years now, um, it's often struggled to rise above the whole tactical pay and pray kind of strategy, you know, of sponsored engagements and affiliate campaigns. But have we finally come to a point where the market has evolved to be more than that? And how can brands optimize influencer marketing initiatives to cut through the noise and make an impact? Well, to talk to us about this, I have online with me today, Antoine Gross, General Manager of Southeast Asia and India for Impact.com. And Impact.com is a partnership management platform that works to transform the way brands manage and optimize all types of partnerships. Antoine, welcome to the show. Thank you, Audrey. Thank you for having me. So Antoine, I know Impact.com recently released a sector report on e-commerce influencer marketing in Southeast Asia. So can we just start by talking about how influencer marketing trends have changed uh, in the region over these last few years? Yeah, I think so. Maybe we want to take a, a, just a step back for a minute and just to think about, you know, um, social advertising in general which has received, you know, less and less attention from, from the consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for new device uh, in general, you know, overexposure and just like maybe fatigue, you know. Um, just think about like, you know, people just like who doesn't skip YouTube ads in a sense, right? So, which means that now um, people are um, more and more interested into not more interested, but like that's why influencer marketing speak to the heart in a sense. So um, as you mentioned earlier, um, people trust influencers. So now we, when it comes to managers specifically in, in that report, we've been able to, to understand that more than 70% of Malaysian consumer have purchased due to an influencer recommendation. So typically here I'm talking about, you know, beauty, fashion, or consumer electronics, and this is, you know, um, what as um, it's like. Think about your TikTok shop, typically, you know, uh, where you have an influencer as an affiliate, as you mentioned earlier. Also, what is interesting is uh, people are very much influenced by the own uh, the own kind. So essentially, local celebrities are, you know, the one uh, who influence um, Malaysian. Um, but yeah, uh, generally what has changed is like now um, when it comes to social media, I would say that now an influencer in general um, is about YouTube, Facebook and, and TikTok, especially mm-hmm. for, for Malaysia, which are the most popular, you know, content platform. And as such, this is where people like get, you know, their recommendation from. 
Well, maybe you could also give us some of the key findings from that e-commerce influencer report. Uh, was there anything that stood out to you? The first thing is, we believe that we always talk about Southeast Asia, right? Um, but actually, Southeast Asia is definitely not one market, one country. So that means that for a brand who wants to talk to Southeast Asian, it needs to bear in mind that every market will require, you know, a sort of a tailor approach because every market consume different type of social media, follow different influencer. So you, that that's really like for me, the first thing, um, which was, you know, interesting again, um, consumer trust influencer. And I've been amazed um, to realize that, you know, as you mentioned in your introduction, 80% of, you know, uh, Southeast Asian um, have been, you know, have made previously a purchase because of a, a recommendation. Uh, also, what was interesting is like when you talk about influencer, generally we rely on a lot of, uh, you know, uh, US data, which tell us that um, you need to work with micro influencer. Because mm-hmm. they are, you know, they are more authentic, you know, the content is, um, but essentially uh, what we realize is uh, in when it comes to Southeast Asia and Malaysia, um, Specifically, actually, macro influencer had the one you know who all like the greatest recommendation, even more than celebrities. Was a kind of a you know a very interesting uh, finding uh, for us. Also, live streaming is now start to become you know a sort of a very um, not normal, but it is gaining more and more popularity where you have like celebrities. Um, getting into it. So uh, especially in, in country like uh, Philippines and Indonesia. And I would say the most, um, not the most important thing, but, uh, you know, the, all, the, the, the question mark that uh, we always get from uh, brands uh, and from CMO especially is like, okay, why should I invest in, in influencer marketing? And mm-hmm. what we realized is directly or indirectly influencer marketing will contribute to about give or take 20% of your e-commerce. So actually, it's quite significant. So 20% of the influencer, I mean, 20% of the revenue in e-commerce is directly coming from, from influencers. So for me, it was a kind of an interesting finding. So I would say that the five key um, takeaway of uh, this report. Now, you mentioned earlier um, micro-influencers and, and mega-influencers. Um what makes I know micro influencers sometimes are like five hundred thousand followers are considered micro influencers. Mega influencers are the ones that are are just like huge, right? But how do brands distinguish which kind of influencers to collaborate with? Okay, interesting question. Very, 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 very interesting question. So, as you mentioned, uh, we always you know refer to a different type of influencer. We call them nano, micro. Uh, micro, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, as you say, um, the difference is based on on your following. So, how many people are are, are following you? And um, again, um, we typically have been told that um, you need to work with a micro influencer because they drive more. Um, because the content is more engaging, because more authentic, um, and also they can help you to get more reach and and, and more frequency. However, what we saw is like um, in Malaysia, typically when it comes to mega influencer who are the one who got more than you know one million follower, this is actually the most 
trusted group um, across the board, um, you know. And so that means that if you want to, uh, people will more likely be influenced by a mega influencer by, than by any other group, even celebrity. So mm-hmm. I would say that was something um, for me um, quite interesting. And maybe what I can also um, share is um, what we realize also is like uh, people um, in Malaysia, typically more than half of the people follow uh, more than 10 influencers. And given that now um, algorithms dictate the, the way we consume content, you know, uh, so it's not so much based on the people we follow, but it was also very much influenced by the content that we like. And so that means that it also has implication on the way how brand wants to collaborate with influencer. Because now that means that if you want to make sure that your message going to be, you know, uh, uh, going to be visible and you're going to reach your audience, um, you can't just play with one or two influencers, but you really need to get the scale to ensure that, you know, you got to have this content which is going to, you know, really perform and break through. Because actually, there's only few posts who will be visible, you know, on every other feed. So that's why, you know, brands, that implication for brands, that means that they really need to onboard a huge number of influencers to ensure that when they want to, you know, uh, the content, um, when they want to reach out um, to the audience, they can do it because they will have at least one or two pieces of content, which will be, you know, which will stand out and and break through, if it makes sense. Mm, Yes, yes, I understand what you're saying. Now, um, you know, while we're talking about breaking through, um, we've heard how TikTok has just boomed over these last few years with live selling and all of that. But are there any other emerging social media platforms or channels that have become prominent for influencer marketing in the region? Yeah, so um, definitely uh, what we see is, uh, you're right, TikTok has, you know, has become one of the most, you know, popular social media platform in the region. Um, however, you know, uh, interestingly enough, YouTube is actually the most popular um, platform in the region, um, followed by actually Facebook uh, when it comes to uh, yeah, the region. And then you have some local nuances when typically in Indonesia, uh, it will be Instagram. So mm. uh, in Malaysia, you got YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, where in Indonesia, typically you will have uh, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. So but. Again, it comes back to my earliest point where you don't have uh, a sort of a unicity, you know, you don't have any, uh, there's no one playbook, if I can tell, uh, to, you know, to the, which can apply to the whole region. Every market consumes social media in a different way. And that means that if you want to work with influencer, you will need to take into account local specificities. Hmm. So is the strategy then for brands the same when they're thinking about different platforms? Is it just to try and get on as many platforms as possible, especially the popular ones in your country? Or should they try to target and build more quality content on a specific platform catered to their audience? 
that's actually a very interesting question. What we realize also is like you don't con- you don't use a specific platform for a similar reason. What I'm saying about that is like typically Facebook is very popular for to follow your friends and family. When you want to consume influencer content, you're gonna be you know you're gonna use YouTube or TikTok. So that's one element to take into account. Again. If I'm a brand, I want to work with, you know, uh, on YouTube first, on TikTok second. And then I need to be mindful that what is cool with YouTube is actually the content will remain here forever. So people can, you know, using, uh, you know, the search engine, they can eventually go back to it. So if I do an unboxing, typically, um, this content will remain. Where on TikTok is more some sort of a instant. So it's more um, impulse, impulse sort of, a, you know, um, uh, content where you're going to be more into the emotion. So that's what you need to take into account. So again, YouTube um, is something that you can use to educate your audience. You can have like um, longer format where TikTok is really like play on the emotion in the instant, really impulse and to get like, you know, immediate engagement. All right, we're going to take a quick break for some messages. But when we come back, we dive into different payment models for influencer marketing, as well as how you can gauge your ROI on your influencer marketing efforts. All that and more happening on Resource Center. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Bold, fearless Malaysians. BFM. 89.9, The Business Station. And we're back. You are listening to Resource Centre. This is Audrey Raj. Online with me today, I have Antoine Gross, General Manager, Southeast Asia and India for Impact.com. And we are talking about the power of influence, the power of influencer marketing. Now, uh, Antoine, I understand from your report that there are three main payment models for influencer marketing and that there are new channels like TikTok shop that have leverage on a sort of hybrid model for payments. Can you talk to us about these different models and you know why um, channels like TikTok are looking at this hybrid model as well? Uh, so essentially, uh, when you think about it, um, what happened is like influencer now is going into a sort of affiliate model. So for the one who are not familiar with affiliate, affiliate essentially say um, has been popularized by Amazon 20 years ago. And essentially they say that, um, okay, you know, I don't want to pay for advertising, but I want to pay for performance. So rather to pay you for, um, you know, for you to talk about my brand, I'm going to pay you based on the performance. So essentially you drive a sale, I give you a commission. That's what we call the commission fee. Um, but then, of course, what we realized is you have some influencer, especially, who um, start talking about your brand. But for some reason, people will not necessarily directly buy from them. So influencers are saying, well, it's a bit unfair for me to be paid and compensate only on conversion because I know that I'm introducing you know, my audience to your brand. And eventually, they're going to shop from somewhere else. Uh, 
So that's where we had here the whole sort of a placement fee, the one that you pay for for display and for some sort of a brand awareness campaign. So essentially, you have two types of compensation. You have, hey, I want to do some brand awareness. I'm going to pay a fixed fee, and I want to do a very um, conversion campaign. I'm going to pay you on performance and on conversion only. So, But then, again, this influencer can play a dual role where they can do a bit of brand awareness, um, you know, to help to elevate the brands. And for that, they're going to pay, they're going to be, you know, they're going to receive a fixed fee, a placement fee. But on top of that, they're going to also get some direct sales where people are going to be so convinced by what the influencer has expressed that they're going to buy directly from him. Because typically the influencer will have a promo code or you have something unique. And so that's what we call the hybrid model, where you combine the two typical um, payment models, the fix and the commission, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I also wanted to ask you about ROI. You know, as businesses seek more concrete ROI, how can brands measure the ROI of their influencer marketing efforts? Um, you know, how can, and, and also maybe how does impact.com um, assist brands in kind of quantifying the ROI of their influencer marketing campaigns? Yeah, thank you. That's a, that's a very interesting question. And again, um, when it comes to uh, this, we, we at impact.com, we, we believe that we're here to reconcile two teams who usually doesn't necessarily work together. So if I um, generalize a bit, you have um, your performance team who is interested only to drive sales. And the metric, the KPI they're going to be measured on is the volume of sales. And then on the other hand, you got um, the performance, the brand team and the brand team, the role of the brand team among, you know, many uh, other goals such as, you know, um, uh, brand characteristic, brand image and, and, you know, and also and so on. The main role is also to, again, to introduce the brand to some new people. So really top of the funnel. And for that, typically, they will use metrics such as engagement rates, such as, you know, uh, number of likes, number of followers, et cetera, et cetera. And at impact, what we believe is we're here to reconcile this too well. And that's how we help, because eventually the CMO, what he wants, he wants these two teams to work together, where eventually he wants to make sure that this influencer, this brand team, going to work with influencer who going to introduce is product to some new people who eventually will not directly buy or shop with, you know, from that influencer, but maybe at some point will you know, buy from someone else. Um, and so what we do here at Impact, we help to have a full funnel tracking, meaning we are able now to say that who has been the last click, so the one who, you know, brought you the conversion, but we are also able to understand what is the contribution of your influencer helper in, in, you know, in your funnel. And so to really attribute and to say, all right, 50% of the people who've been exposed to that influencer campaign, ultimately, eventually, bought from, you know, someone else or 
came to my website and made a purchase through Google, through Facebook, through another influencer, through an affiliate link, whatever. But we know now that the person who introduced them to, you know, was that influencer. Or this person who influenced that purchase was that influencer. So essentially our role at Impact is to really track all the different touch points and to be able to measure the exact contribution of that influencer to one conversion and to all the conversions. So this way we can really help you to measure the ROAS of that engagement. Mm. Um, Antoine, I also wanted to check with you if you have any predictions uh, or trends, uh, notable trends about about influencer marketing and its potential impact on brands in the near future. How do you see things shifting and changing? So there's one big thing again that uh, I think was, which is very, very interesting is like our old TV shopping, you know, uh, which is now live streaming, which was, you know, which initially breakthrough um, in, in China is now coming on offshore and more and more live streaming. What initially was an initiative for, you know, here and there is becoming a real thing where you have like, more and more um, a large influencer, um, you know, doing it. So it's definitely going to be like the next big thing. Um, Live streaming um, is going to be more and more popular and every brand who want to do it will, you know, every brand will have at some point to do it. Just to be mindful though, that when you do live streaming, people are expecting, you know, some sort of uh, huge discount. Uh, One thing which is clear also is like, it's going to be less and less of sort of traditional advertising and more and more sort of uh, native advertising, such as influencer marketing, where people, again, they don't want to they skip the YouTube ads, but they're going to pay very much attention to what um, this influencer um, is, is saying. And, and so more of, uh, more of that. And more generally speaking, I think this is like a really, you know, a personal opinion that I have where, again, algorithm going to play, you know, a more and more important role. And given the, you know, the amount of data they collect every day, they're going to come to a point where the whole shopping experience is going to shift from, if you think about it now, from a very pool experience. Now, I connect to my marketplace, I search the products that I want, or I went on Google, I typed for a specific product, and then I land on the marketplace and you know, I found the product and I, and I buy it. Now we are moving into an era where actually content going to be proposed to us in our feed directly. So it's going to be like a more a push thing. We can even imagine that in the next few years, uh, which can be a bit scary though, that um. We get the feed, I mean, the algorithm going to propose us some, you know, some product we haven't even thought about yet, but um, yeah, but we would like to, that we're going to buy. So we are moving from a very pull to something very push. Interesting. Very interesting. Now, Antoine, before I let you go, uh, maybe you can share some actionable strategies for businesses, for brands, so that they can optimize their influencer marketing initiatives? Do you have any advice for brands out there? Well, very, um, in my opinion, there's one big thing is uh, whatever you want to manage, you need to measure it. 
So I think it's really fundamental, you know, is really like the foundation of everything. So you need to use one system of record for all your um, influencer activity. So at that point, moving forward, you are always can, you know, refer back to what did work, what didn't work, and it's going to help you to, to be better every day. So now you've got the system of record. You will need also to put in place some, you know, very specific process around the way you want to manage your, you know, your influencers. The way I, I think about it is really like a very BD sort of process where, you know, this is an influencer that I'm interested in. Um, this is, you know, the influencers that I want to convince to come in. So manage expectation, what I want from them, how much is going to be, et cetera, et cetera. And then obviously part of this process is to have like, really and to build long-lasting and strong relationship with your influencer. Because eventually, remember, they're human being and there's nothing more valuable than a strong relationship. So if you want them to, you know, to convey your message, you need to establish some really solid relationship. And then now that you've got a platform, a uh, system of record, so you've got a technology, now that you've got your process, obviously what you need is a team. And you need a team of people it can be in-house, it can be external, but eventually you want a team of people who are here to, with a sort of um, deal-making thinking, very creative and always here to understand that essentially influencer marketing is not anymore a brand thing, a PR thing, or an affiliate thing, but it's actually a brand new funnel, a brand new channel. And they need to, you know, to understand that what role this influencer can play for them and how they're going to measure it. So you need this team of, you know, very versatile people who can, we're just here to make it work. They see an opportunity, they extend a contract which will make sense for the influencer and for them as well and then they will measure it so that i would say people process technology right Antoine, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us for more information on impact.com is the website impact.com it is Thank you so much. And if you missed out on any part of this show, you can go look for the podcast on our website. That's bfm.my. You can also find all our podcasts on the BFM app that's available on the Apple App Store and on Google Play. I've been speaking with Antoine Cross, the General Manager, Southeast Asia and India for Impact.com. My name is Audrey Raj and this has been Resource Centre on Enterprise, BFM 89.9. listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.